Amen. 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 God bless Brother Eric. He told him we're going to put him on UFC. He's the next announcer. He knows how to bring it, right? Oh, praise God. Wow, how many is glad to be in the house of God tonight? Amen. Oh, I just feel like let's just sing this one together here, okay? Am I all set here? Thank you, ladies. I'll lay this. Don't want to hurt anything. Amen. Amen. Sing this with me. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. For God has done great things You have done great things You have done great things Bless His Jesus, a round of applause tonight. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's great to be back. I'm having such a great time in this great church and the great leadership of this great church. And I come in, got a beautiful surprise. My old friend, Pastor Rick Bergai. Wow, I just love you, Rick. I, 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 I preached for him a few times, you know. But it's been a millennium since we've talked, I think, and saw each other. Walked in the office, and I said, and who is this gentleman here? <laughs> Did not even know him. Uh, not a hair transplant because he never needed it. <laughs> Do you know that I got two hair transplants? Nothing took. Well... I had an old friend named Tommy Tenney. I know if you all heard of Tommy Tenney. Tommy said, Lloyd, I know where to get the hair transplant. And I was the stupid one because I took his recommendation. He said, drive to Little Rock. And he said, these guys are really good and they're real cheap. You know, there's sometimes cheap is just too cheap. And uh, boy, oh boy. If my wife was here, she'd be saying, honey, don't move on. Don't, 
don't go down that terrible road again. But I went, Pam and I drove to Little Rock, Texas. Little Rock, Texas. Little, that's, yeah, yeah, they were wranglers, I think. Maybe that was it. They said they were doctors. And uh, my antennas went up, but then I put them down because I wanted to believe it, that I was going to get all this hair and I was going to be like Elvis. You know, I'm just going to be, boy, I'm going to. And I should have caught on when the address they gave us was literally in a warehouse. <laughs> Promise to God. In a warehouse. Now the warehouse was clean. Concrete floor was swept. But it was a warehouse. And I don't know what in the world these guys were doing. But they said they were doctors. I don't even want to talk about it no more. Because <laughs> I, I want to keep a good spirit. But I'll tell you what. They said we're through after about six hours. I'm thinking six hours. And them dudes, oh, they didn't know what, they, they, they cut my flesh out of my head, strips of it. And they let it sit too long, and the sucker died. And then they're going to take and sew that stuff back in. They sewed dead roots and follicles and everything. There was nothing, there was no life. And Pam and I spent the night and then drove back to, drove back to Mobile at our home and and they had me all bandaged up like Frankenstein. They had me, oh, man, all bandaged up. And, and uh, I'm just a little dude anyway, as you can see. But I went to bed the second night. Then I started hurting in my head. So I went out. I went out and sat down on the couch about 2 in the morning. And man, Pam come out and Pam about freaked out. My head was all swelled up. Blood was just flowing down my face. Yeah. So I have Tommy Tenney to thank for that. And, <laughs> and uh, I don't even know if one hair is still up there. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So it's great to see the Bishop Rick. I don't know how we get on all that. I guess I've really got a resentment because I don't have much hair and I get around older dudes like that and they just got it all older. Well, wiser too. Oh. But we're having a great time, aren't we? Yeah. I really had to pray through on this, you know. Because, I mean, I'm on TV, I go on TV, I go on these big stages, and they have these giant screens. Gee, see, if I stare at that thing too bad, I will get offended. Because look at the back of that head. I will get insecure, and all these bad memories will start coming up. And, and I'll just, oh, oh, see, you don't need to put it any closer. Paul, don't push. Paul. The director said, Push. Push means to go in. No, Paul. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, we got to swing this thing around now, don't we? Well, we get a spiritual application. Hey, Samson. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> okay, believe it or not, something great is going to happen tonight. 
Whether you got hair or you don't. Amen. Something great is going to happen. I was praying today, and uh, I just felt such an unction in the Holy Spirit to talk about what I'm going to talk about tonight, because I know it's directed from God. And I will tell you something. I want you to mark this on your calendar. I will qualify this, though. Jesus didn't heal everybody. He didn't save everybody. He didn't deliver anybody. Everybody. In fact, when Jesus talks about the parable of the sower sowing, do the numbers. Only 25% of the word seed that was sown fell on good ground. So I use those statistics when I prophesy or when I teach or preach to an audience. 25% is going to get this tonight. Now, it doesn't, doesn't have to stop there. You can repent and say, Lord, help my unbelief. I want to believe tonight. But I'm telling you, there's going to be at least 25% in this audience that is going to get this. And uh, there are going to be breakthroughs in your life. And I'm not saying this flippantly or to excite you. I'm telling you this as the word of the Lord. And uh, you're going to start seeing things that, you, that have been held up at your door now. How many is ready for that? And I know this, the word of the Lord, because I've seen in the last while, we've seen these kind of breakthroughs. So here is the secret, Matthew 5. This is the secret. And while you're going there, I'll tell you this. Nowhere in the Bible did Jesus say, build my kingdom. It's not in the scripture. In fact, he didn't, say, he didn't even say, build my church. He said, I will build my church. But he never said, build my kingdom. He said, enter the kingdom. The kingdom of God is already built. Study the Bible. You'll find out that it was built before the foundation of the world. It's, we don't build the kingdom. We bring people into it. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, only believe... I love your name because that's all you have to do is just believe. But I feel a beautiful shift happening at Only Believe. It's beautiful. It's a journey we're on. You're not on a trip. You're on a journey. If you think you're on a trip, you're on the wrong track. Because when you take a trip, you arrive. A journey is a destination. Enjoy the view. In the next few years of what God is going to do it, only believe. Prophets are seers. I see some things that God is going to do. And I just want to encourage you just to stay excited about it. Work with the leadership. Because these are beautiful, beautiful people. Started with Phyllis and Pete Dosick. 
And that mantle has been passed down now to Nicole and Randy and all this other great team. And they got a double portion of this. Isn't that exciting? We've got to see youth saved. Hello? We've got to see youth saved. Our sons, our daughters, our grandkids. Amen? You all ready for this? Here we go. Verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up to the mountain. And when he was sat with his disciples, he came to them. Then he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Say it again. We ain't doing that enough, are we? Say it again. We ain't even saying it enough. Blessed. It's the only thing you can give away that will, is of more value, value than money ever will buy. I bless you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you. And they persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. Hmm. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then... Good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hid. Father, we love you tonight. We love you tonight. We love you tonight. And we thank you for the glory that is in this place tonight. Thank you for every person and what you're going to do. In our lives, we will never be the same again in Jesus' name. So what I just read to you is what we call the Beatitudes. And the location was on the mountain. And that's where we get the title, the Sermon on the Mount. And that's what I'm going to deliver my soul, talk to you tonight about. The Sermon on the Mount. So, first of all, it's important to understand the times we're living in. We live in the times when the, uh, the moral moorings that held us in safety have been loose from society and now the world is adrift. 
Why? Well, because they've thrown overboard the chart, the compass, and the wheel, and the consciousness of destination. And so when we do that, well, I'm free now. Okay, yeah, you're free. You're free from everything except the rocks that are waiting out there, except the storms that you're going to encounter, and the insufferable inanity of being tossed from wave to wave of meaningless emotion. The reason why I'm talking to you about this tonight and read those scriptures is because I believe that the content of the word Christian must be the Sermon on the Mount. Are you ready for it? The content of the word Christian, the content of our Christianity must be the Sermon on the Mount. And here's the other thing I think that's been an issue. I think that we've been pointing so much to the creed that we have missed the Sermon on the Mount. You don't hear a lot about blessing people now. I think the Sermon on the Mount, the content and the character of that, I think it's almost obsolete in Christianity today. You ever listen to your great, and I don't mean this facetiously, but do you ever listen to some of the content that you listen to on Christian TV and streaming and everything? It's like we don't have an enemy now of devils. Our enemy is our haters. We're fighting flesh. And it's so ridiculous. There is no way I can get up here and teach and preach to you about that person that's jealous over you. Because you're just favored. You're too big where they are. Your room is too big for them. And they don't, they can't, they don't. Is it ridiculous? I'm, do you all know what I'm talking about? It's all therapy sessions. We're supposed to be praying for our enemies, loving our enemies. But no, we're, what we're hearing from the pulpits and all these big conferences now, from these leading voices, is, that's all right. They're just, they hate you because they're jealous. They, we act like they're the devil. How do you think the enemy must feel when he gets preachers and evangelists and these great speakers up there to talk about people. You think he's happy? Absolutely. We've been pointing so much to the creed that we missed the Sermon on the Mount. So how does this apply to us? Well, how about this? Suppose that we have written the Sermon on the Mount in our creeds. In our doctrinal station state statements. Suppose it had been a real part of our lifestyle. The Sermon on the Mount. Suppose we had written the Sermon on the Mount in our creeds and repeated it. Each time with conviction. I believe in the Sermon on the Mount. And its way of life. And I will intend God helping me to embody it. I believe in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. 
<laughs> Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, my Lord. You, you, you just feel different in your inner being when you, when you just repeat the Sermon on the Mount. Suppose it was a part of our life, a part of our church, a part of our Christianity, a part of our creed. I personally believe that if we had it written in our creeds with emphasis, I believe the history of Christendom would have been different today. But what happens is that we put the wrong emphasis and... They've been doing this for thousands of years. Put the wrong emphasis. We take our emphasis and we put it on our doctrines. When we put it on our theologies. And because of that, early Christianity, ancient Christianity, that's what they did. They took, they took and just focused on the, their doctrines. And they never had no discernment. And because of that, the real way back, the ancient Christian church could accept a man named Constantine as its prized convert. Do you know that Constantine, after his alleged conversion, I know where I'm going, so stay with me. Constantine actually had his... Uh, conquered colleague and brother-in-law Lucinius murdered after his conversion he also sentences his 11 year old nephew to death Constantine killed his eldest son uh, Crispus he brought about the death of his second wife now, this is all after his alleged conversions. You know what else he did? He took the nails that was supposed to be the nails that crucified Christ. He took them and put one in his war helmet and the other, another in his uh, war horse's bridle. And yet Constantine was canonized by the Greek church, and his memory was celebrated as equal to the apostles. Constantine also presided over the Council of Nicaea. What was the Council of Nicaea? That was the, that was the council that was brought together to form and frame the creed for Christianity. He presided over that. And even at that council, he was hailed as bishop of bishops. Now, Constantine's in God's hands. I'm not putting him in hell. I'm just telling a little bit about history because I know what the Lord is going to speak to us tonight about. So, here's my question. Could this have happened if the men who gathered at this council of Nicaea had made the Sermon on the Mount an essential part of their creed. But it didn't happen. And because of this, 
The church allowed itself to be conquered by a pagan warrior. The church allowed itself to be conquered because Christ did not have possession of their soul. And for the, the orthodoxy of the creed is looked upon as being more important than the orthodoxy of the deed. We got a lot of creed, but we're missing the good deed. We have used the creed for the polemic, but not for the practice. We have done what the British officers did in one of the battles of the Sick War. They took their English commanding general and they locked him in a high tower, closed the door, locked the door, shut him away, and then they went out and, and fought the battle on their own terms. I believe that's what a lot of church has done with Christ today. I believe that we have locked this ideal of Christ in the high towers of reverence and respect, but at the same time, we go out and fight the way we want to fight. The creed, the deed is missing out of our creed. The, de the, the uh, deed is missing out of our character. The Sermon on the Mount is missing out of our life. <laughs> the greatest need for Christianity today is the rediscovery of the Sermon on the Mount. That's the greatest need in my spiritual opinion. Because I believe that the Sermon on the Mount, bless, 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 I believe is the only way to live. I believe it's the only way to live. Well, you say, well, Pastor Lloyd, Prophet Lloyd, that song's all good, but I like to read it. But when I read that about blessed are the poor, I don't want to be poor. Blessed are the meek. I have a hard job being meek. Blessed are when you're persecuted. I don't want to be persecuted. Blessed are they when reviled. Nobody wants to be reviled. I have a hard job. I know. You're in the flesh. You're not in the spirit. And so when we, when we hear the Sermon on the Mount, we say, oh, isn't that nice? We compliment it instead of characterize it. Yes, that's so nice. Jesus, was, he did so good that day. Like we want to high-five Jesus because, man, that was so good. But we know we're not going to live it. And so when you talk about it, like I'm talking about it tonight, you can always feel an undertone of fear and doubt. Because in our minds, we think, well, I'm not built that way. I'm not built that way. I, I, I can't, my human nature is not, can't respond that way. And so you're trying to force something on me that my human nature is not made of. And so we almost look at the Sermon on the Mount as foreign laws. 
We'll never be able to abide by it. Well, maybe it seems that way at first. The great writer G.K. Chesterton, he wrote about the Sermon on the Mount. And here's here's what he said about it. He said, at first, reading the Sermon on the Mount makes you feel like everything is upside down. And then he said, but when you read it the second time, you discover that it turns everything right side up. Chesterton said, the first time you read the Sermon on the Mount, you feel that it is impossible. But when you read it the second time, you feel that nothing else is possible. So, why do we have such a problem with these Beatitudes? Why do, we, why do they seem so high and lofty and unattainable and unreachable? Well, I, become, I believe that we become so naturalized in other ways that this seems impossible to us. It's like when I sit for a long time at my desk, my head down, <laughs> my arms, my shoulders pulled in, my legs are twisted. Do you know that there's times when I can sit so long and then when I stand up, I feel awkward? I go from an unnatural position to the natural position and it feels unnatural to be natural. Because I've sat so long in an unnatural position with my legs twisted, my back bent, my shoulders curled in, my head down, and then when I go to stand upright, I don't feel the circulation. I don't feel the strength. It feels foreign to me. I read of a story of a true story of a, of a, a wolf child that was captured in India. They discovered that he lived with wolves from ages 2 to 11 years old. All he, that's all he knew. He ran on all fours like a wolf. His knees were twisted and knotted from running in that sort of fashion. That wolf child would only eat raw meat. And I read, they said, when they put it on a civilized diet, the wolf child took dysentery and died. Well, think about it. You got somebody that was created human but was turned into an animal because of his environment, his culture. So you have a human being who lived in a wolf Wolf environment, on wolf principles, on a wolf diet for nine years. Human nature had so accommodated itself to that unnatural way that the natural way when it was given to him was unnatural. And he died. I didn't almost die, but uh, I was visiting with your beautiful pastors today, and I said, 
I said, my wife and I have been married 40 years. And trust me, I know I'm married up. But there's one thing I got my wife on, Pastor Rick. Every time she'll get a little upset at me, I'll go give her a little hug. And I'll say, honey, you just remember, I'm that guy that the old intercestors, when you was a little girl, 19, 18 years old, in that altar, just surrendering your life. And those old intercessors just come and put their Pentecostal arms around you and say, Pam, you just be patient. God's got somebody real special for you. <laughs> I don't call it living on wolf principles, but I'll tell you, I was raised in a tough, rugged, and redneck family. 19 kids, man. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk things out. We duked it out. Didn't care if the bigger ones or whatever. We just get in there. And I lived on bad principles. And when I got married to the, uh, the most beautiful woman and the young lady in the world, God's gift to me, I realized that a year later, I still got a lot of baggage. I was still on some bad principles, wolf principles. About a year later, my wife packed her little bag and walked to the door of our little mobile home trailer and I got, she's taller than me, so I just, you know, I'm like Barney Five. Where, where are you going? <laughs> Looking up at her. <laughs> it was 12 o'clock at night. My wife's very sweet and meek, and she stood there and tears filled her eyes. She said, honey, I didn't marry you for this. You're not the man I married. She said, I'm not going to go through life like this. Right then and there, I realized, Wow. I got, an, I got a call on my life. I got a ministry. But yet I've got too much creed and not enough deed. I got too much religion, not enough relationship. I got all these do's and don'ts. It's just like being stuck on the baptism of John. And I've never went on to perfect my character. I guess I can only say if you're gonna go if you're gonna bring bags into a marriage, make sure they're filled with gifts. <laughs> I'll leave it there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, a human being lived with wolves. Human nature had so accommodated itself to unnatural nature that the human ways seemed unnatural. Christianity is supposed to make you a better citizen. Are you hearing me tonight? You're supposed to be the light in your neighborhood. Oh, I'm going to preach it here tonight. Because tomorrow night's going to be the night of impartation. It's going to be a multiplication anointing. But you've got to get this conduct in your life first. Hello. We have lived so long on wolf principles as Christians. We've lived so long on selfishness, greed, jealousy, competition, and strife. That... <laughs> The Christian way of unselfishness, the Christian way of 
preferring your brother. The Christian way of humility. The Christian way of serving. Cooperation. Love seems foreign to us. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was, oh, this is crazy. I looked at this guy one night, and he was as mean as a hog. I mean, he was big. He was mean. I didn't feel no love on him or anything. I mean, he just looked like if you looked at him the wrong way, he would kerplunk you. I looked at him. I said, big dude, man, 300 pounds. I said, I'll never forget this. I said, you got the Holy Ghost? He said, oh, yeah, la, 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 la. That was his Holy Ghost. La, 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 la. But no character. Still messed up. Still twisted and tangled up all in himself. We have insisted that what we call the Christian experience as an absolute necessity. And I love that. But I think that we have focused on the upper room so much that maybe we should have went to the mountain first and sat down at the feet of Jesus because Jesus didn't get it backwards. He knew that once these disciples get this power of the Holy Spirit, they're going to go cast out devils. They're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to open blind eyes. They're going to see the dead raised. They're going to battle pride. They're going to battle jealousy. They're going to battle uncooperation. They're going to battle division. That's why he took them to the mountain first, ladies and gentlemen, because he had a prepare them for that power. He wanted them to be a success, not a failure. I have watched people's blessed lives turn into cursed lives. The thing that was God gave to bless them actually became a curse because they couldn't handle it. They couldn't man manage it. They never had the character to contain it. That's why I will remind you tonight, you focus on the day of Pentecost, great. But on the back of Pentecost was the Sermon on the Mount. Before Pentecost was the Sermon on the Mount. And when they were endued with that power, when they received that divine enforcement, it ran through the channels of their conduct. Did you hear what I said? It ran through the channels of their conduct. Pentecost had the content of the Sermon of the Mount in it. And therefore, the power that was manifested was not just Holy Ghost power. It was Christian power. Christ-like power. They were in one mind and one accord. They were meeting the needs of the needy. They were going from house to house. You don't read about friction and division and strife. They were with one mind and one accord. You just focus on Pentecost. No, you better think it started on the mount. Pentecost divorce from the Sermon on the Mount is just spiritual power, power, not spiritual power. Denominationalism. 
many times is expressing itself in ways that are not much more than an ecclesiastical race in competitive armaments. Who can build the biggest program? Who can build the biggest building? We ain't, we're not using tools of Christ. We're using tools to defeat our brothers and sisters down the road. When we all should be praying for one another, blessing one another. <laughs> we need each other. Do you realize the day we're living in now? What are you seeing on the news? What are you seeing in the cities? If the children of Jesus Christ do not come together, we'll be scattered in disaster. But now, the, the, this, this contemporary church, we would, find, we would find the Sermon on the Mount seditious because we don't want to hear that stuff. We just want to hear good news. Tell me how good I am. Tell me how beautiful I am. Tell me that I'm the underdog, but I'm going to win. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Just come on, ther therapy me here. Tell me how, how much you love me and how, and how, how wrong I've been done. And the Sermon on the Mount is seditious. Why? Because it demands that people come together. It demands that groups and nations lose themselves in cooperation so that they can find themselves in a higher brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ. The Sermon on the Mount is seditious. It actually put Jesus on the cross. But it didn't end there because there would be a resurrection so powerful and so mighty and so transforming in human living that we would know by actual experimentation that this is the only way for me to live. The Sermon on the Mount is practicable because the one who preached it practiced it. <laughs> Y'all feel something rising? Get ready. And that man Jesus practicing the Sermon on the Mount it produced a character so beautiful so symmetrical so wonderful so compelling so just what life ought to be that now when you look at Jesus you realize he is as inescapable in the he is as inescapable in the moral realm as gravity is in the physical realm you can't live without him the words of the Sermon on the Mount must be interpreted in the light of that face. Because Jesus puts a new content into old words in his own illustration of life. His listeners were not hearing an Old Testament law. Because the Bible says he spoke as one having authority. You say, oh yeah, but I see a couple sayings in there where the old... Testament is spoken. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you just point to that, you're, you're, you're missing the whole point. Because the point now is not just the words. It's the aroma of the words. It's the contagion of his words. It's the contagion of his moral person. It's the sense of depth that came from the fact that the one who's speaking those words practices those words every day. 
That's the difference. He wasn't presenting a new set of laws. But he was a demanding a new loyalty to his person. The loyalty to his person was to be expressed in carrying out of what he embodied. Jesus was the embodiment of the Sermon on the Mount. And to be loyal to him was to be loyal to the way of life. But there was a couple of verses I read to you and I'm going to share. Remember the part where it said, for righteousness sake? And then the other part was, for my sake? That's parallel. That's Old Testament and New Testament. That's law and grace. So, for, my, uh, for righteousness sake and for my sake. For righteousness sake was the fulfillment of the law. For, for my sake was the fulfillment of a life. And the astonishing thing when you read it, you find out, well, Jesus embodies them both. He didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled the law. He took them both and made them synonymous. Matthew 5 and 10 and 11. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. So right in those two verses, here's the revelation. He's showing you and I that he is the embodiment of righteousness in the universe. The new law wasn't a written code. The new law was a life. The way, the truth, and the life. And here's the thing, folks. That new life lifted goodness out of legalism and based it on love. So the essential difference, and I'm just about done here. The essential difference between Phariseeism and the teaching of Jesus is right here before us. One was the devotion to an idea, which was the law. The second one was a devotion to a person who represented the gospel. But here's the difference. In the first, one could walk into the temple and lift his hands and thank God that he's not like the other losers. So much better than all these little people. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like them. That was the Pharisee. But the other person, he couldn't do that. He knew he could not walk in the temple and lift his hands and thank God that he wasn't like the others. Why? Because he knew that love is always opening up new opportunities to be practiced. So the one produced the perfect Pharisee. Come to the music, please. The one produced the perfect Pharisee. The second produced the perfect lover. Wow. One produced 
person that didn't have time for anybody. The other produced a person that loved everybody. You know what else I noticed here? In the Sermon on the Mount, there's a beyondness. Everybody say beyondness. There's a beyondness in the Sermon on the Mount. But when you think about it, it startles you. Especially if you have a legalistic mind. What do you mean? Well, there's a beyondness in the Sermon on the Mount. Here's what I mean. It sets no limits to duty. Takes away all your restrictions. <laughs> in other words, the first mile won't do. You'll go the second mile. In other words, giving your coat won't suffice. You'll give your cloak also. That's the character content. In other words, loving your best friend isn't enough. You'll love your enemies too. <laughs> now, when you come to this with a legalistic mind, you'll smile and say, oh, it's nice, but it's not for me. It's impossible. It's really absurd. But come to this with the mind of a worshiper. Nothing else is possible. There's no other way to live. <laughs> the worshiper's attitude is not of duty, but of privilege. Where's my girls? Come on, cats. <laughs> so here's the key to the Sermon on the Mount. We mistake it entirely if we look at the Sermon on the Mount as the chart of the Christian's duty. It's not the chart of your duty. You know what it really is? It's the charter of your liberty. You're free. <laughs> You're free. You're free to pray for those who despitefully use you. You're free to turn the other cheek. You're free to walk away and say, you can have it. Take all the liberty you want. Jesus took all the constraints when he stepped out of that grave. He took all the constraints off of the law. He said, now you're free. Walk in victory. Walk in liberty. Walk in blessings. Experience it now. It's your liberty. Liberty of what? To go, liberty to go beyond. My wife and I have never tithed. We have never, ever tithed. 
Oh, don't feel bad for me. And I'm not bad. I'm not selfish. We've always given. I don't tithe. We always give 20, 25%. Why would I let and myself be constrained by a law when Jesus said, Lord, take your liberty. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. Why would I be stuck under a law when I can live in a life more abundant? You're free. You've got the liberty. You've got the liberty to go beyond and, and do the things that love impels. Not just the things that law compels. Oh, you wonderful girls were singing so good tonight. You were singing that song. I think you got the message, right? Would you lead us in that? And just take your liberty. You know, if you want to just walk out there, go right out there. I'm not binding you. Take your liberty because I want something to happen here tonight. Something is going to break. That's why I'm doing this. Because something is going to break over your family, over this church. And I want you to take your liberty. And let's take five minutes here. Can I have, y'all got to go? Good. Let's take five minutes and just let these beautiful young ladies just lead us in worship. And let's open up our hearts. There's a prophetic utterance coming here. I feel it. Don't know what it is, but I sense it. Oh, let's take a, listen to what they're saying. And then let those words resonate. And let those words become your own Sermon on the Mount. You ready to go to a greater dimension? Are you ready? Come on, girls. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn him. Oh, you're already feeling it. Toward you and give you peace. Wow. Would you sing that again? Lord, bless you. Number six. And keep you. Twenty-four. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give peace. One more time, I'm saying it again. That's so good. Lord, bless you and keep you. He make his face, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. We sing amen, 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 amen. 
so bless us tonight. the windows of heaven and just open it up above your head. Lord bless you and 
so good. Everything the Lord told you. Everything will be expedited. Your miracle, your healing. It's done. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face. I've taught you about the prophetic. In my prayer time today, the Lord said, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to release blessings. He said, because I, I blessed you to be a blessing. He said, Lord, you got to tell them tonight, the power of life and death is in their tongue. The power of blessing and cursing is in the tongue. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Get curses out of your home. Get arguing out of your home. Quit fighting in your home in Jesus' name. I learned my lesson 40 years ago, 39 years ago. That beautiful woman said, no, this, I didn't marry you for this. See, I had the gifts, but I never had that fresh oil. And that's one thing that's still missing in churches, even with ministers. They got great giftings, but they get poor character. They're still, they're still stuck in their childhood. Unforgiveness, bitterness. Oh, Jesus. Well, you're the first one I'm going to pray for. Relax. If you get tired, you can sit. Won't offend me one bit. Sit, please. Don't offend me one bit. I want everybody to relax. But the Lord is going to do something here. I was in a meeting a while ago. Pastor Nicole, I'm so proud of you. Pastor Randy, I'm so proud of you. And Pastor Phyllis, I'm just so proud. And I'm so proud of this church. Because the Lord let me know that this is his will.
I, I've, everywhere I go, when I preach a message like this, I always remind the person, the people, the audience. I said, before I preach this to you, the Holy Spirit has preached this to me. I heard it first. Because I have to have the character and the conduct to deliver a word like this. spoke to me a while ago oh I just something I'm just so excited because prophetically I just feel like something is about to explode over your life in your world I'm telling you oh there ain't there is one person in this place that doesn't have a lot on their plate we've all got it we're all dealing with a bad neighbor we're all dealing with crazy family member. But you know what? We're going to turn our complaining into complimenting. Instead of worrying, we're going to worship. Instead of blaming, we're going to bless. That's the thing that needs to... The content of your character needs to be changed with the words that come out of your mouth. No more of this. I ain't talking to you. No more of this fighting and arguing and fussing. That's what the devil wants us to do. If he can divide us, he can destroy us. But if God can unite us, the church is victorious. This vision will go grow so much greater. Lay down your arms. Lay down your complaining, the Lord says. Embrace the new day, God says. Embrace it and bless it. I want all my children saved, all my grandchildren saved. <laughs> I want to see a, I, I, I want to see so many young married couples' homes blessed and you just walking in joy. So you'll listen to the old folks like us. We can, we got a lot more knowledge than you because we got more experience than you. And if you'll listen to us, we can help you. Lord bless you. Somebody around here, the Lord's telling me, Richard, who is Richard? You were Richard? Lift your hands. Step forward. You his wife? Come here, beautiful young lady. Lift your hands. Oh, Lord bless you. I don't know who these people are in the natural, but the Lord knows them in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, you're going to be the first ones that God speaks blessings over tonight. And it's going to flow from you into others. Just bear with me. Don't push me. Don't rush. brought you a long way. It's brought you a long way. Both of you. 
I see and I see so much love on you and from you. I feel good when I'm around you. Lord, so proud of you. Just keep your hands up. The Lord bless you. What would happen in your life if you would just start saying, bless you, bless you, bless you? Instead of blaming and arguing and fighting and talking back. What if you just put that blessing in your marriage? What if you put it in your, what if you left here tonight with the word blessing on top of your vocabulary? Huh? Who said awesome? Hey Amen. I'm with you, man. I'm tired of, I don't, I, I, I cannot stand division. I cannot stand competition. I cannot I don't, I don't, if an atmosphere is, is cutting, I'm out of there. I just want to bless people. Wow. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Listen, the call of God's on your life. Don't give up. Don't quit. I don't know what's going on, but I see a breakthrough happening and coming on your life. You got a shepherd anointing. You do. I see you. I see you standing in the spirit, and I see you standing with the rook. Come out of your shell, some the Lord says. Come out of your shell. You got more anointing in there, whatever that means. Just bring it out. Don't, don't, you know, don't be so stiff. Right? Just whatever you do, just loosen up. Show some fire. You're a gentleman. That's what people call you, a gentleman. But I'm telling you, I don't know what you do, but whatever you do, the Lord says... There's a shift happening in you both. And what... Wow. Be bold. Be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. Open up your mouth, says the Lord, and I will put the words in your mouth. Don't hold back prophesying. Don't hold it back. Okay, whatever this means, the Lord says the little gathering will be turned into much glory. The little gathering will be turned into much glory. The little bit gathering will be turned into much glory. The little gathering will be turned into much glory. The little gathering, come on, sing it, sing it right now. Come on, everybody, worship God. Hallelujah. Shine upon you and 
on you right now, a double portion on you in the name of Jesus. Here comes the blessings. Get your hands up. The Lord is blessing God's people. Bless, sweetheart. Be blessed. Bless, bless, highly favored. Bless, bless. You're blessed, so bless others. Bless others. Bless, 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 bless. Bless, bless these children. Bless these children with a double portion. Make his face shine Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. The Son is set free is free indeed. He whom the Son is set free is free indeed. You've got the anointing on you, the gift of wisdom, prophetic anointing. Both of you, your wife, oh, you got so much to give. That's why the Lord's gonna let you live. You got so much to give. The Lord says you're you're the apple of his eye. No, you can sit. Sit, you can receive this sitting down. But the Lord says, you're the apple of his eye. The Lord says, when you open up your mouth, the people I will send in your life, because they're always going to be coming. You're going to set them free. You're just going to set them free. Relationships. Just, just see people coming around you. You go to church here? Good. I see you bringing people. I just see, I see rows coming. I just see rows of people. Pastor Nicole, you need to get ready because I'm telling you. And, and it's not just for them. Everybody who feels this way is going to do this too. Because I am prophesying that every seat is going to be filled. Because there's a double portion blessing upon this house. And you've got to pray for Pastor Nicole and Pastor Randy and Pastor Phyllis. You've got to pray for this whole team, this, all these leaders, but especially for Pastor Nicole because she's the one that's delivering this word here. You've got to bless her. You've got to bless her. You've got to let her know, I'm with you. We're with you, man. We don't need to be arguing. And well, it ain't, no, no, it's no time for that. This is the kingdom of God that we're dealing with. So you need to get unified, and you need to bless her every time you think about this couple. Bless, 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 bless. I am prophesying growth right now. I'm prophesying you to be charged. Just like pastors are ordained from ministry, I ordain you to witness. I ordain you to witness right now around this whole county. You go witness. You go bring the lost in. You go heal the hurt. You go set the captives free. He is dependent on you. They need to hear your testimony. They need your story told to them. They're ready. You just ain't inviting them. You're just not talking. 
we focus so much on Pentecost that we forgot Sermon on the Mount. That's why it's our character. It makes me love. It makes me, makes me filled with compassion, Pastor Phil. It's just, I'm just so, I just want to, he was moved with compassion. I don't want to see anybody hurt. I don't want to see Mary just destroy children's lives. Send the healing power right now. The healing power from the crown of his feet to the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. New heart, new lungs, new legs, new joints, new bones, no deterioration, no atrophy in this body in the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you with a miracle. I bless you with strength. I bless you with healing. I bless you in the, how do I do it? In the name of Jesus. I speak it. The power of life and death is in the tongue that I speak. I bless you. Oh, my Lord. I just keep seeing over your head. You're setting people free. I just hear free, 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 free. Huh? Freeman. <laughs> Freeman is your name. <laughs> the Lord bless you. Oh my God. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you. You. Lord bless you and keep you and keep you make his face I just found it out on you and be gracious to you Lord turn his face toward you he said I come for my healing tonight thank you for a new hip thank you for a new hip Lord bless Oh my Lord, and keep ah. you, make His face shine yeah. upon you. Oh my Lord, He said it's so much easier to walk. Well, if I had the Lord basically call my name out, you retired. It's supposed to be, but you, you're retired, right? Hallelujah. I see the letter Z over your head. I don't know what that means, but there's a Z. Z. W-X-Y-Z. Just think, I don't know. See a Z. Where do you live? What street? Oh, that's pretty. Where do you work? Where did you work? You help. You need to pray about Z. Because I saw that over your head. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but there's a Z. And it's not, it's not anything to fear. It's not bad. But I'm just telling you, there's a Z there, and I don't know what it means. But, you know, sometimes I ask God, God, why did you? He said, Lord. It ain't for you to know. 
because if I told you, you'd get all lifted up and think you're all that. He said, I gave you half his name free. <laughs> That's pretty cool, eh? I, had, I always felt I couldn't. I had to use something to walk around home. I didn't. I stayed home a lot. I didn't go out the last three years. Well, you're blessed. And you're needed here. The church needs you. It's such a blessing to me. She kept on working. That walker. <laughs> there you go. How long have y'all been met married? Oh, y'all just little punks to me. I've been married 40. Ah, you still honeymoon. Yeah. Oh. Z. Zeal. Well, just think about it. Somebody named Rebecca's being touched. I don't know who Rebecca is, but the Lord just said I'm touching somebody. Huh? It's a product I take called Zeal. Oh, it is? <laughs> well, that's part of it. All right, I'm not going to wait. I thought there was a Rebecca here. Maybe I missed it. Where are you? Come on down here, Rebecca. By the time you get here, you'll be healed. So come down. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Boy, I like your cap, and I like your, I like your style. Like your style. You, Rebecca, too? Like your style. Boy, we got two styles going on here. Look at that. Styling and profiling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord just brought me back to you. I don't look, I'm, I'm just trying to get away from you, but I like you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, if you get tired of holding your hands, you can let them down, because I may be a while, okay? Just, because I ain't got anything right yet, so just be patient, okay? Put your hands down, you make me feel better, that's it. <laughs> Vegas face. Oh, I hear the Lord touching somebody named Brent or Barrett or Brett. Brent or Barrett or Brett. I don't know who you are. Who is that, Brent? Brett. Well, step up to the place. Get in line, big guy. I just take it by step by step, okay? We know in part and we prophesy in part. This ain't the Lord saying it. This is me saying it because I feel something, okay? So the Lord knows, but I don't. But the Lord said, ask him if he likes Dayton. Dayton. That's what the Lord says. Pastors of Dayton. We're the pastors of Dayton. You are? We're all laughing. We're all laughing. You were laughing at my hair. There's a lot of hurt people around there that you're going to heal. They've been betrayed, the Lord says. Don't give up. I'm bringing them. I'm bringing them. But you got to be bold. You got to be bold. I'm going to fill your building. 
going to fill it with souls. You got to be bold, though. And you got to be confident. You got to be confident, right? I know I'm in the Holy Ghost. You got to be confident. You, you got you to let it show. You know, don't focus on being so nice. You've already got that down. Be bold now, okay? Be bold. Start speaking some things in the Holy Ghost. Start speaking it, speaking it, speaking it. People need to line up and get with it and get the deadness out of there. Because God said, I'm bringing you a harvest. I bless you right now with a harvest of the souls that will come through the gate of the kingdom of God. Oh, I bless you when you're going out and you're coming in. I bless you. Oh, I just bless the work of your hands. I bless bless the word that I will add. You you go ahead and prophesy it, okay? You go ahead and just put it out there. Put it out there. Put it out there. Oh. lot of there was like there's a lot of deceit that's happened around there right a lot of trickery God says trickery it's like spiritual witchcraft ministry witchcraft see we're zeroing in on that old spirit right now God's got angels doing wars against it right now so you're gonna you know what I think I think this is your night kind of reminds me when Saul went up in the temple and Saul went up into the mountain Samuel said the Holy Spirit's going to come on you Saul and you're going to prophesy this is your Saul experience going up into the mountain prophesy greatness in the name of Jesus hallelujah be gracious to you the Lord turn oh that's beautiful you got to keep it in your mind All over this building, you're blessed. All over this building, you're blessed. You're blessed. Your family is blessed. Your lineage is blessed. Your job is blessed. Whatever your hands touch is blessed. Come on, come on. Put that bless on top of your mind, on top of your vocabulary. Bless, 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 bless. Bless your neighbors. Bless your enemies. Bless your family. Bless your co-workers. Start speaking it. Bless, bless. Come on, one more time. I'm hearing something from the heavenlies. Come on, one more time. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your spirit. This is your personality. This is your character. This is who you are. Be gracious to you. Lord, wash our mind, wash our mind. Face for you and Oh, you go to church here? Good, you're good people. You're good people. The Lord bless you. I don't know, but the Lord says, what I'm going to do for you it's going to flood to everybody that will receive tonight. So you need to put your hands up 
He goes, while I'm prophesying to him, whatever it's going to be is coming to you. Lord bless you. Oh, first of all, the Lord says, you work very hard. I don't know. I just, in the vision that I have, I just see, yes. I see people surrounding you and just, and I see all these gifts around you. Like goodies, nice stuff. Just around you. Things are going to change now. Blessings are coming to you. Wow. You're prophetic for, the Lord says you're prophetic for new decorating. You're prophetic for decorating, the Lord says. You're very prophetic. And that's what the Lord is doing. He's redecorating your home. He's redecorating your home. I see beautiful gifts hanging on the wall. I see just a Lord just redecorating our home. He's just redecorating our home, Eric. Just see it right now in the spirit. Some of you need it. You, you need to get your spiritual senses awake tonight because when you go home, you're going to feel it. Wow, you're going to sense the, the glory in your home. Hallelujah. The Lord says, I'm prophetically taken what you have and I'm distributing it beautiful I see beautiful pictures he's given beautiful paintings I see just beautiful things that just make a home pretty I just see it just see it take it everybody the gifts the gifts now whatever you do the Lord says get ready Christmas is going to be big Christmas is going to be big think bigger Think bigger. Think bigger. Oh, you got the strength. He'll give you the strength. Because I'm telling you, I'm calling them in in the name of Jesus from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Whatever you're involved in, the Lord says, I'm going to up the ante. I'm going to bring more sales, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus. Take it. Take the glory right now in the name of Jesus. Halamoshat. The Lord bless you. Does that make sense? Lord says, keep smiling. That's what we all need to do. Keep smiling. The Lord likes your smile. He's a happy person. Keep smiling. The Lord bless you. There's a woman being healed right now in her left breast from a lump. I just felt it. It went. She may be watching online, but there's a woman who's just healed of breast cancer right now. Mark it down. Mark it down. Wow. That's a miracle right now. Just, just supernaturally, absolutely felt something just leave right there. Hallelujah. Okay, I just got to follow these crazy things that I get in my mind. Who's expecting something at 5 o'clock tomorrow? 
or Friday, either one. Something's supposed to be happening around 5 o'clock. I don't know what it is. What is it, hon? Yes. At what time? You need to gather at 5, 5.15 or 5.14. Be there. What is it, my brother? Come here. When is it, tomorrow or Friday? Oh, you're a wonderful man. I like you. How do you feel about it? Good. The Lord's taking stress out of your mind. Pressure off your chest. Don't worry. It's done. Just, I just, I feel, I just sense something. I don't know what it means, but a lot of times the Lord gives me daytimes. Uh, he gives me dates, and they're just phenomenal uh, because he just doesn't do anything randomly, right? Right? But I'm going to mark something when I go home because it's just, it's like, I think we all need to start expecting things now. Expect the unexpected. Believe for the impossible. Come on, young people. Come on. You right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, somebody's going to get. Somebody's going to hear from somebody named Adam. Adam. Adam's been bound. Somebody's going to be hearing from Adam. I don't know who Adam is, but you, Adam, come here. Son, oh, you're a good young man. God's anointed your mind, Adam. Mighty things for you, mighty things. But you're prophetically standing in for a lot of young Adams that are going to come and get saved here. And there's somebody that's been still praying for a lost son named Adam. He's bigger than you, he's a little older, but you're prophetically standing in for him tonight. And in Jesus' name, I bless you with the blessings, not of Adam, but of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's two things that are, I'm feeling in my spirit. There's something about the fifth month of 2024. January, February, March, April, May. Something's going to happen fifth month and it's around the 13th, 14th or 15th May 15th well come on and stand here and there's going to be breakthroughs here next week with people that are hearing me tonight mark this down 514 or 515 in the evening. Mark it down in your calendar. Because somebody's going to start getting calls saying, you got the job, the house is sold, contract signed. But God always, many, not always, but many times he gives me times, dates. Well, Rebecca, lift your hands. 
God's healing you right now, precious young lady. There it is. You retired? Where do you work, sweetie? I take care of the mentally handicapped. Mentally handicapped. So sweet. God bless you. Can I give you a hug? You just uh, keep her healthy, God. Keep her strong. Just let her know every now and then that her reward's going to be great. She doesn't get the limelight, but she's sure shining the light. Bless you, sweetheart. You retired? What did you retire from? just come out of before I even realized it didn't even realize it oh I bless you I bless your family I bless your lineage in the name of Jesus it's beautiful it's beautiful okay I gotta quit here in a minute your son's birthday really lift your hands your son's birthday Lord, I thank you for prophetically speaking to you, to you, because what you got, they got tonight. To you, and Lord, I thank you for all the prophetic birthdays that are going to happen at Only Believe Ministries. Thank you, Jesus, for so many sons and daughters are going to be born there's a shift happening a shift happening at only believe and it's beautiful and I know Pastor Pete is so proud because he's watching over you he's part of that encompass about so for so many greater cloud of witnesses he knows what's going on here but God is calling this church to put the deed in your creed. It's time. You've got the Pentecost perfected. You need the content in your character. Sermon on the Mount. Start blessing. You're going to be a magnet. This church is going to be a magnet. Because I've never even heard Pastor Nicole preach but I'm telling you, I know she's on the right direction. God, let me know that. She's right where she's got the word of the Lord. And this church must reach this young generation. In Jesus' name. I'm receiving my offering, but here's what the Lord told me to tell you about five minutes ago. He said, tell them to sow into this word. Sow into this word. This is where your blessing is. You want, you want a breakthrough? in every area of your life don't sow to me sow into the word 
I've never done that before. But the Lord says, so into this word. What does this word mean to you? What does this prophetic utterance that is happening tonight, what, does it, what is it doing in you? My wife and I practice what we preach. We are hilarious givers. I mean that. Sow into the word. That's what you're sowing. That's where the miracle is in the seed of this word. So I want you to tonight to sow beyond me, sow into this word. I'm sowing in this word for my family blessed. How bad do you want this blessed? Come on, the greater your seed, the greater your harvest. Sow, sow right now. Get your offerings ready. Ushers, bring the stuff. Come on, let's, let's do this. We got one more night. Just one more night. Tomorrow night's going to be impartation night. Come on, sow. Some of you sow a thousand dollar seed. Whatever it is, 500, 10,000, whatever the Lord. If you're blessed, bless it, bless it. Sow into this word tonight. Everybody, bring your seed. Bring your seed. I'll see you tomorrow night. Come on. Don't leave without get bringing that seed. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord bless you and keep you. May your face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord turn. Yes, Jesus. Praise for you. And give you peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, as they're bringing their offerings, Lord God, that seed, God, I thank you for blessing each and every person in this house tonight. God, as they leave tonight, Lord God, I thank you for blessing on each and every person's life, Lord God. I thank you for blessing their spouses. God, I thank you for blessing their children, Lord God. I thank you that they are blessed going in. They are blessed going out, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you that all businesses are blessed in this place tonight, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. Blessing, Lord God, coming in from the north, south, east, and the west on their lives tonight in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that everything they touch will be blessed as well in the name of Jesus, God. I thank you for it tonight. We give you praise for it tonight. And God, we thank you for the blessings showering down on us tonight in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Come on, bring somebody that needs saved, healed, set free, delivered. Come on, bring them in Jesus' name. We love you. Hallelujah. Good night. Thank you, Jesus.